Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger, and today I'd like to talk about trust. It's fresh in our minds with the Reuters digital news report findings a few weeks ago still ringing in our ears. It showed that trust in the UK media is as low as 40%. That's an 11% drop in four years. Something needs to change and today I'm speaking to someone who is looking to spark that change. Chase Palmieri is the founder of an American startup called Creda. It uses a Rotten Tomatoes style of news ratings to provide clarity into why audiences trust and distrust certain media. Coming up, he talks to us about how it is of use to both audiences and news organisations alike, and importantly, how it is reshaping the way we think about and work around trust. Plus, there's a few inside scoops on their future plans, and they're really interesting too. Stay tuned. Chase, let's start at the top. What are you trying to build with Creda? What's, what can you give an overview of what the uh, project is? Yes, ultimately, um, Creda was born out of the frustration of myself and my co-founders. We had been looking at news media back in 2016 at online media and saw a growing percentage of sensationalism and clickbait as, a, as the amount of news coverage. And we were looking at the financial incentives that underline online media, and we thought, well, this is just going to get bigger and bigger. There's nothing that's going to slow down the momentum of this. Um, and that's purely because there's no way for news consumers to hold news producers accountable. And so what we thought is we looked to models like Yelp and Rotten Tomatoes, where consumers of an industry were able to all of a sudden hold the producers of an industry accountable in a transparent way and how that made everybody else better off for it in that industry, including the producers that now didn't have to compete with marketing dollars, but could just try to create the highest quality work and trust that the consumers would then be drawn to it through those platforms. And so we thought that a similar approach would be the best way to solve this problem in news, uh, specifically because other solutions that have been proposed required censorship or outsourcing our critical thinking to um, a Google or Facebook or uh, some kind of an AI for news. And those, those solutions were just unacceptable to us. And so what we wanted to do was uh, ultimately create a, a platform where news consumers could work together, critique articles, and doing so would actually be helpful to the creators of the articles as qualitative feedback for them but also um, be able to show other news consumers at a glance what was wrong with an article, what lost your trust, and, uh, and ultimately, long-term, big vision is to be able to transition uh, the online news world, the industry, from an economy of clicks to an economy of credibility. I love that. Um, I love it when sort of news industries take inspiration from wider parts of... Um you know the the online ecosystem and apply it to the news industry. I love you know that Rotten Tomatoes um, kind of feel coming across. Uh, how does it work? How do we? Because I noticed it's got the gold versus mold uh, like system. How do we get to those ratings that we see on the site? Yeah, absolutely. And and to the Rotten Tomatoes point, um, Patrick Lee, the founder and former CEO of Rotten Tomatoes, was our very first advisor in the company. He's been working with us for uh, over two years now. Um, but the way it works on Creditor is you first select on a scale of one to five stars uh, how much you trust the article. And you're only ever reviewing an article, not an individual author or an outlet. We want you to be reviewing a piece of content because this limits the kind of 
attack or um, downvote kind of behavior that you might want to make sure you're protecting on this type of a system. So first, it's a one through five scale of trust. It's simply, did you trust this article? Feedback for the author and for other news consumers. And then if you don't trust the article, you select a very specific reason why not. And that happens in just two clicks. So for example, if there was a, a fallacy, a logical fallacy in the article that lost your trust, you would select illogical and then straw man fallacy. Or if there was a particular bias, you would select bias and uh, national bias or religious bias. And so basically, at a glance, news consumers and the author of the article can see how much did this person trust the content? And if not, why? And what impacts the story selection, the types of stories that we are critiquing? So any article in the world can be posted to Credder. You could post as many as you want today. Um, the more reviews that an article gets, the more it shows up on the homepage. So that means if, you know, somebody was uh, trying to review an article negatively um, without it being seen, it wouldn't work because what happens is the more reviews it gets, the more it comes up onto the homepage and the more all the Credder users can then read and review that same article. And I don't know if you've seen, but I was taking a look through the website today and I actually saw my own very name come up on one of the articles. It was a, it was a Neiman Lab article to do with this fantastic thing by Joshua Benton, which I tweeted out. And under that, you've got the uh, people who have tweeted out, myself was included, and I got sort of a four out of five credibility. You basically. left a four out of five review. I, I, I didn't personally do this though. So how did that happen? Right, so what happens right now is what we're doing is uh, to kickstart the critic category because we have two categories of ratings. We have a journalist category, uh, which is a critic category. Those are verified journalists. And then there's the user category. And so what we're doing to kickstart that is we look to Twitter, we can find these articles on there, and we can find verified journalists on Twitter that are either promoting or speaking negatively and pointing out problems with these articles. And so as you might do in an, a Medium article or anywhere else, what we do is we pull that Twitter out as an embed, throw it onto our site, and uh, add a review based on the context of that review. But then what you would be able to do, Jacob, is you'd be able to create your account right now, you're claiming your page, and you could be able to edit any past reviews. It's cool. I, I actually really, I love seeing my name on there. I was like, oh, I tweeted that. That's uh, awesome. I've got picked up. So if so somebody's gone through, seen myself as, it's nice to be called a verified journalist, I will say. And then someone's got, oh, someone's assessed that as, oh, he, he, that, that's kind of the equivalent of a four out of five. Who's made that decision and how does that work? In this example, I actually added that review um, because I was reading that, that same article. Um, and what we're really trying to do here is just organize journalist feedback and news consumers feedback all in one place. And so right now, because a lot of journalists still don't know that Credder exists, they're turning to Twitter, which is kind of a scattered way of reviewing these articles. But not only that, it also does nothing to actually um, have a lasting impact on the article author outlet. And so what we do is we go and grab those until the journalist realizes, oh, I can actually do that directly on Credder. How does this ultimately impact uh, the trustworthy rating that we see attached to news organizations on the site? So uh, you can see like New York Times, it's got a, an individual rating. How does that get calculated into it? Yeah, so again, you're only ever reviewing the articles themselves, but an author is the aggregated score of all of their articles that they've ever published that get rated on Credder 
Uh, they're the aggregate of those article ratings. And then the, uh, the outlet, their score, is the aggregation of all of their article ratings. Um, and again, we differentiate between the critic category and the user category. And you touched on this earlier, and the one thing I love about this is that we can no longer kind of get away of saying something's f fake news just for the sake of doing it. We've, that's kind of held to an account. Is that really the point of this, is, is so that we can start moving away from this kind of instant automatic rejection of news and we're actually talking about trust in real terms? That's actually a really good insight, yeah. Um, one of the things we see in the media landscape today is left-wing media attacks right-wing media and right-wing media attacks left-wing media. And all it does is really uh, puts people on the defense and it never actually, you never actually see what does my fellow news consumer trust. And so our thesis, and we're already seeing this play out to a certain extent, but our thesis is that if you could show news consumers what their fellow news consumers think about an article, what they distrust about an article, and it doesn't feel like it's the other side telling them that they're reading mistruths, and they can just see, oh, wow, 70% of other people that read this article aren't trusting it for this reason, now I'm more likely to question the validity of that article myself than if just I heard uh, some other side's pundit yelling about that content. I love that because that's kind of got an educational quality to it as well. Um, Chase, I'd like to talk about trust. What have you seen from, from what you're doing with Credar? Why do people mistrust the media based on what you've seen? Granted, that's a broad question. Yeah, it's a big question. Um, we actually did a case study uh, based on our private data, or our private beta, and we released that data in a case study that you can see in the footer of our website at credder.com. Um, there's a lot that we're finding. So obviously, clickbaity headlines that are meant just to draw in a user or a reader, but then don't necessarily actually address that topic inside of the article itself. That was one that gets... Um, gets negatively reviewed on our site a lot. Um, people trying to paste in their opinion inside of the content of an article, um, but hiding it or, or framing um, information in a way where there's kind of a, a clear political leaning as opposed to just presenting the facts. Those types of articles um, are reviewed more negatively. Um, there's, there's a lot of different reasons. Um, and that's kind of what the point of Credder is, is to find out, is that right now authors and outlets have no way of knowing at all uh, when they lose a reader's trust. Yes, they have these kind of traffic metrics of, oh, you've clicked on my article, oh, you've shared it, we're getting this many page views, but they have no sense of when they're actually hurting the relationship they have with their reader. And so uh, on a very individual basis, we have that, but also again, those aggregate into scores and, and these journalists will be able to know where they lost trust. I love that because I was having a discussion recently about you know how what is really the barometer of trust and there's a lot of work now to increase transparency um, with things like policies and, and ways to contact media but I'm not sure that a lot of people would say that's what's causing mistrust you know we I don't trust the media because there's not a great contact me section this is kind of something I can see as you know really dissecting the reasons why mistrust is is happening in our media landscape is that something you would agree with yeah absolutely uh ultimately w and and this is right on the banner of our our uh home if you land on it uh we we our motto is that creditor believes that news should be competing for trust not clicks 
Um, it really just comes down to that. In today's media landscape, uh, the news is not competing for your trust. It's not competing for a trusted audience. It's competing for clicks and short-term metrics that drive the revenue that keep them alive. And, and I sympathize with news media because those are the underlying revenue models and they need to survive. Uh, they need to be able to make money to pay their journalists so that they can go out and do this great work. We're trying to flip it so that the journalists that are doing really high quality work don't need to all of a sudden sacrifice the quality to put in a more clickbaity headline, don't need to add sensationalism so that it gets more shares. Um, we're trying to give the high quality journalists a way to compete on this level playing field. And this is not just for uh, the big, you know, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Vox Medias of the world. This is also for independent publishers. What we're creating here is a level playing field across all online news so that uh, people can be drawn into content just because it has been reviewed by other news consumers as very trustworthy. And so kind of a parallel to Rotten Tomatoes there is you'll often see on Rotten Tomatoes homepage a movie that got 99% or 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're like, wow, I've never heard of this movie. I've never even heard of the, the company that makes this type of film. It's this small independent film, but wow, it got a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then people actually go out of their way to find that movie and to, to spend their time and money watching that movie purely because it has been reviewed so positively by other uh, audience members. And so that's the same thing we're doing. And I suppose the other thing is that they're also they're not being tarnished with the same brush. It's so easy to lump in fake news with the media. Now we're actually seeing breakdowns of individual organisations and we can see you know, where trust is resonating with audiences and where distrust is actually happening as well. Yeah, we're creating the first track record for journalism, in a sense. Uh, it's it's too, way too intensive a job in today's media landscape for an, every individual to have to do their own research and try to have a sense of the credibility of every single different author and outlet. Um, in fact, uh, another piece of creditor that might be worth diving into for us is that, for example, you, Jacob, you write for your outlet and, and a lot of authors write for these outlets and the outlets tend to capture the trust and credibility that you've put in towards their platform. And then maybe you two years later, you go work for another outlet. You've now done nothing to be able to capture that trust that you've built and take it with you. You need to have your own brand as an author. And so that's what we're doing with these author rating pages. Now we see the media landscape, the future being more about individuals and less about outlets. It should be about going to the journalists that you trust and being able to identify trusted journalists and going to them over and over again and supporting them directly so that they don't necessarily even need to work for outlets in the future. And this is becoming more and more important in a world where anybody can hit publish on a piece of content online and it looks you know, beautiful and clean like on a Medium blog or something. Anybody can hit publish, and in a world where that's the case, you need to have a way of kind of keeping track and keeping a credibility score, a track record for all of these individual journalists. I love that point, because that's just not something that I would, I've, anyone's really thinking about or anyone's discussing. And in fact, we did a podcast not that long ago on what makes articles come to life and what makes them compelling. And the person said to me that they are someone who looks to the credibility of writers and that stays with them. But I was thinking, you know, how many... How many readers now really uh, have a way of keeping track of whose bylines 
And what happens to them? And that point you've just made really backs it up. In fact, my editor once said to me that your byline is your brand. And in this online space, that's, that's so difficult to keep track of. You know, we've touched on the fact that measuring trust is hard. Is this as close as we can hope to a barometer of trustworthy news now? It is the furthest that we've been able to get. Um, we're obviously very open to feedback and we're iterating as we go to make that review process as simple, as clean, as helpful and productive as possible. Um, but as far as we've gotten right now, uh, when we look at the media landscape, yes, this is, this is as close as we get to allowing news consumers to let, other, let each other and let the authors know what they trust or don't trust about the news. So for the individual journalist looking at your website, what can they really learn to make their own writing more trustworthy for audiences? And what, can, what, what would you really recommend to our listeners? So, so what we're actually creating is um, individual portals for each journalist and for each outlet where they'll have all this real-time reviews coming in, all this real-time feedback, as well as analytics inside of that that portal where they can see, oh, here is how this article is performing over time. Here's how this author that works for me is performing over time. Um, this is how we're performing as far as being trusted uh, by topic. And so what we're kind of doing is creating this Yelp business owner account. Uh, if you know, many Yelp businesses, restaurants have these kind of portals where they see the reviews coming in in real time. It helps them know what they need to be working on, um, and they can track a lot of this information over time uh, on a line graph. And so what we're going to be doing is the same thing. Outlets will know, oh, these are my top three most trusted authors that work for me. Oh, when we cover this topic, when we write about tech, we, we are trusted way more than when we talk about politics. Oh, these three articles are being trusted way more than these other three articles, and for these reasons. So it's, it, it's finally giving them direct access to their audience. And again, these journalists and outlets will also be able to reply publicly to the reviews left on these articles. Do you know why some of the top ranking journalists are where they are? Yeah, so the articles, uh, again, it comes back to the articles. So it's the articles that are performing the best are the ones that are simply presenting the information. There's no clear political agenda that they're trying to, to frame the story in a way to get some kind of an outcome. They're presenting the information. They're presenting as much of the information in as contextual a way as they can. And they're letting the readers decide for themselves uh, what, what the conclusion is. Those are the articles that are performing the best on our platform, and therefore those are the authors and outlets that are performing the best. Besides clickbaity headlines, what else can journalists and indeed editors um, do to improve trust in the media, do you think? Um, there's just so much, right? There's a, there's a lot of room for improvement. And, and one of the biggest worries that we had when we were starting this was that the reviews would be so negative that we would be starting from a place of a uh, kind of a negative uh, viewpoint. But we're seeing that a lot of journalists and outlets are actually performing really well on the platform. Um, as far as more ways to improve their work, I think the only real sustainable way that we can do this is by actually listening to your readers. Uh, instead of just watching the traffic metrics coming in, what are my revenue numbers? How m so, for example, your outlet, 
that you work for probably keeps an eye on how many views and reads and shares your content gets. But they have no sense of maybe the, the awesome levels of trust that you're building for their brand because of the way that you're presenting the articles and the information. And so it really comes down to that. We need to know what the readers think, where you're losing or gaining their trust, and who it is in your organization that's losing or gaining that trust. And so when you, when you keep bringing up the leaderboard and the top, top authors, what we think long-term is going to happen is that outlets are going to look to Creditor's leaderboard, they're going to see all these top authors, and they're going to reorganize their entire staff based on the people that are performing the best on Creditor. So instead of it being, oh, let's just pick willy-nilly which journalists come onto our staff, it's going to be, why don't I try to go and compete to win over the 50 journalists that are at the top of Creditor's leaderboard? Because now I know that those journalists are going to come and build trust in my outlet when they start writing for me. That's amazing. And I really do hope that this is kind of a real shift in the way that we perceive um, journalism. Um, is there anything you felt like I've missed off that you kind of want to add in? Um, yeah, I guess if I was to be more critical on myself, um, the question that you might have asked was, what is kind of the big obstacle in front of us? And what we found is that news consumers, especially your avid news consumer, doesn't want to just come to one source to get their news. And that includes Creditor. They don't want to just come to Creditor to get their news. What, they, what they're demanding, what they've been asking for from us, and we have built and we're going to be releasing in about a month, is the browser extension version of Creditor. Now, this is really important because what this allows is you would come to Creditor just once. You download the extension. And now anywhere you go as a news consumer, you land on an article, you land on a website, an, an outlet, you land on an author and we would pre present to you a notification with the rating information of that article, author, outlet as you're on the go so that you never actually have to come to Creditor again. You can now take this tool with you in real time everywhere you go as a news consumer. And then when you get to the bottom of that article, we would prompt you to review it. And so this is the like this is the ultimate convenient, most connected, most real time version of connecting the world's news consumers. And uh, we're really, really excited to see, um, you know, how news consumers pick up that tool and run with it. I really think you're onto something there because kind of my biggest problem with some of the transparency things is that the tool is not coming in front of the audience enough. You kind of got to click this little button, go off to the side. For most social media audiences, they're not going to go to those lengths to access those policies and those other ethical guidelines. What you're doing, from what I can see, is actually embedding that right there in that moment where that decision in their head happens as to whether they trust or distrust or how they really associate with that article. Is that some of the thinking? Yeah, that's exactly it. We need to stop expecting news consumers to do all of the legwork themselves. Uh, we know that people are busy. We know that news being a real proper news consumer takes time out of your day. It's a, it's a, it's a real effort. If you're not in love with uh, the news the way you and I are, uh, it's a real effort. And we've got to stop expecting every single person to put in this legwork. We've got to remove the friction. We've got to present the value of Creditor right there when they need it in real time. Um, and that's the ultimate version of our experience. Um, there, we're also doing something else 
rather interesting. Uh, we haven't spoken too much publicly about it yet, but in, in August, we're going to be rolling out our partner program. Now, what this is, is very interesting. We are creating a code snippet that authors and outlets will be able to include at the very bottom of their articles. So they would just have this little code snippet. It would reveal a button at the bottom of their articles that says review article with Creditor. And so this would allow any outlet or authors readers to go ahead and click that button, find the exact same article rating page on our site, review it there, and it would allow these authors and outlets to start building their credibility rating, their creditor rating on our site. Um, and there's many, many advantages that come with that. Like we, we have links that drive back to your donate page, to your, to your subscribe to newsletter. But this is going to be really interesting. In August, you'll see a lot of independent publishers and bloggers all of a sudden having a button at the bottom of their articles that says review article with creditor. And we're hoping that that you know, drives a lot of traffic for us, but also uh, we're always trying to do more for the publishers than we are for ourselves. And how would that fit in kind of with uh, publishers' CMSs and, and embedding it into their, into their websites? Yeah, so um, we're starting with WordPress and, uh, and one for uh, your, your typical publisher website. And then next we're doing it for Medium. So we're trying to make sure that we can get Medium writers to be able to include it at the bottom of their articles. Um, but ultimately, we're going to have to create an embed for every different type of website in the same way that with the extension that we want to do, we're going to start with our Chrome extension that we have now. And then eventually we're going to do one for Firefox and Internet Explorer and everything else. Again, we have to remove the friction because we are working on behalf of the news consumers. Is there anything on your um, like plans in terms of introducing Credit as a mobile version and maybe embedding it into like Safari uh, shortcuts and things like that? Um, as far as uh, mobile, what we're doing right now is we have an iOS app that will also be launching at the same time as that extension. Um, really, that is just a mobile version of our website because, again, the extension does more. With, with mobile, this is kind of a challenge for us, actually, um, is right now a lot of people get their news in these inside of these individual apps whereas when you're gathering news on your desktop you're using a browser and you're going from site to site so when you're doing it on your desktop we're able to provide you with the extension that can kind of protect you and and help you out wherever you go but when you're inside of individual apps that kind of use case becomes much more difficult so really the ios app we're not promoting as heavily but that will be coming out at the same time as the extension in early august so all in all then, if I could press you for one kind of final rallying call, if you will, for news organizations everywhere, what would it be? Uh, I guess I would say that right now you don't know what you don't know. You have no sense of when you're losing or gaining your reader's trust. And this is your biggest liability right now. You have all of this amazing information from page views to clicks to shares but you don't have any sense, especially because many don't read their comment sections anymore, remove them altogether. You really have no sense of when you're gaining or losing a reader's trust. And at the end of the day, we believe that journalism is in the business of providing information and gaining reader trust. And so we're here to help. Wonderfully put. And I'd like to thank Chase for his time speaking to me. And of course, you at home or on the commute for tuning in. Two quick shout outs before I leave you. 
come and meet the whole journalism.co.uk team at our upcoming summer social. I'll be there and there'll be no pitching or presentations, just some drinks and a friendly chinwag. That's happening on the 9th of July at the Parcel Yard in London. I'll put a link in the article of this podcast. While I'm here, our Newswide conference takes place on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. Head to newswide.com to grab yourself a ticket where we'll be discussing diversity, subscriptions and more. That's all we have time for this week. As usual, we're on Twitter at Journalism News. Ping us a tweet if you'd like to be featured on a future podcast. Till next time.